Did you? Sick. Me too. I guess we're that means it. we uh, start the podcast. We're doing the recording. We should announce that we're the podcasters of this podcast. Why don't you begin? Well, this podcast is called Modern Dadhood. And as we say in every episode, it's an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. My name's Adam Flaherty, and I am a dad of two daughters who are 10 years old and 7 years old. My name is Mark Checkett, and I am a, a father, I'm also a father, and uh, I have two children. They're both boys, and uh, they're both turning 6 years old tomorrow. In a matter of hours Mere from when this recording is happening. Hours from now. And I I don't know what it is about this birthday but i'm i'm so stoked for them and i i can't believe that they're turning six years old i i don't know i don't know what it is this is a big one it feels really big well i think it said they're officially becoming men right (laughs) i think that's it modern dadhood mark is uh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah uh, i want listeners to know that Well, I'm going to speak to you directly, listeners. You can find every episode of our podcast on our website, moderndadhood.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and wherever that might be. We would ask you to please take a moment to subscribe, if you haven't, to leave us a review, because that helps other people find out about the show. It kind of validates what we're doing here. Helps big time. Yeah. And we always ask that um, you consider maybe telling a friend about the show, because, you know, that kind of grassroots marketing... I think personally goes even further than any sort of rating or review ever could a personal endorsement to a friend. I mean, what, what kind of recommendation is stronger or more impactful than that? We all, we all listen to our friends, your friends like, Hey, I saw this movie. I think you'd like it. You should check it out. You watch the movie. You blow, you'll blow $50 on that evening. You'll, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Just for the, the weirdly shaped popcorn bucket a good episode mark the our guest for today's episode uh you were not part of this interview but it was a great one it was a great one i think you were still extremely ill and couldn't even your fingers didn't even work to respond to texts for a while that actually that actually sounds right because in all honesty when you messaged me the other day and you were like yeah i have that that one interview in the can still i was like you couldn't even, even remember. What, I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about. And yeah, I think, yeah, you'll have to jog my memory a little bit. But yeah, I was, uh, I was out there. I was, I was down and out for the the count for a little while there. Well, I'm glad you're back, and and you're back in full force. But your voice mm-hmm. still has a little bit of a a little bit of grit to it. And if that is just your yeah. voice moving forward, then I mean, I think that the the illness maybe did you're you well. Yeah, I think I I think I'm I'm now a different person after that after that illness. I'm a new person. Well, I'm, I'm not new, just different. Better? Yeah, I'm better for it. Stronger now in a in a different way. I'm stronger now. Anyway, our guest is Paul Sullivan, who runs an organization called The Company of Dads. You're going to hear all about it later, so I'm not going to go into it too much now. It was a great chat, and I'm psyched for our listeners and for you, Mark, to hear it. 
Mark. I, I, where, where did you, huh? where, you, where are you going? Sorry, I was just getting a tissue. Oh, no, do your thing. Take your time. Hey, hey, how do you make a tissue dance? <laughs> you put a little boogie in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I should have given you the glory of that punchline. That was rude. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. What's up, man? What's up? Were you, you were saying something? Were you trying to get my attention? What's up? I, back before I was even aware of Paul Sullivan and a company mm-hmm. of dads, I saw this video that caught my attention. I watched the whole okay. thing and it was, if I remember correctly, it was a news segment, but it was on hmm. LinkedIn or, or Instagram or one of the social platforms. Yeah. And the story was essentially that there's this group of men, group of dads who wow. were getting up early in the morning and at some interval might've been once a week, might've been once every few weeks, they were going to a a local elementary school and they were greeting the kids as they got off the bus or got dropped off and they were going into Hmm. the school and they were just like high-fiving kids, shaking hands, Hmm. saying hello, greeting them with smiles. And I thought like, what a cool, interesting thing. Yeah. Who can't use a little more just like positivity or like a warm welcome right. in their life? And especially kids who are maybe coming from homes where there isn't all that much love and support and positivity to like come to school and just be greeted with a smile. Yeah. I just thought it was really cool. And so I dug a little deeper on into it and uh, connected the video to the company of dads. And that's how I found Paul. And you'll hear in the chat, we talk about it a little bit, but I want you to see that video. I'm sorry I didn't share it with you before this, but I'll put it in the show notes for our listeners to check out. And it's just kind of a good feel good piece, but it just got me thinking more, more of that. Like I would like to be part of something like that. If a group of guys in my neighborhood said, Hey, we're going to do something like this. Like I would be all about it. You should say it. You should be the guy in your neighborhood who starts that. I'll be the guy in my neighborhood who starts it. A light bulb just went off. Hmm. No, I mean, a, mean a, bulb, a bulb just burned out. In, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's a different. In my studio here. Sign all together. It's a great idea. And it's like a relatively easy thing to pull together, I would imagine, as long as the school is open to it. I mean, it is. It's such a great, it's such a great idea. I mean, starting off the day on a positive note, like young or old, like who wouldn't want something like that, you know? Yeah, it's sort of that old, you know, almost a cliche thing to say, but you never know what someone's going through or what you could do that would totally change the trajectory of their day. You know, so I a lot of times when I'm walking my girls to the bus stop in the morning, I'll say, you know, what what can you do to make someone's day better? Mm. And you know, a lot of times they'll say like, you know, if they fall down in the playground, like I'll help them get back up. And that's like a, a very easy example is to help, you know, physically help someone up when they're down. But I like to remind them that, you know, even just saying something nice to somebody, yeah. I like your shirt or you're a good friend or thanks for being so helpful or even just literally like smiling at somebody can can brighten their day and Reminds me a little bit of, have you seen the videos of that, I don't know, some TikTok, Instagram, something out there of that British guy who just walks around and he gives the most like elaborate compliments to complete strangers? No, I haven't seen this. No? I'm curious though. Yeah. 
he'll compliment, uh, you know, it'll be whatever, just the way that somebody's walking and he'll give them this like very elaborate, you know, I don't know where he comes up with these things, but, but yeah, it's the same. I mean, it's the same principle. It's just no one expects in their regular old, like walking around, I'm trying to get to work time to suddenly be complimented on the way that they carry themselves. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I I wonder if any of those people, when they received that compliment, if it made them think, do I walk a weird way? Like, is this guy (laughs) messing with me? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like when, when somebody's standing on a sidewalk with a t-shirt or holding a sign that says free hugs, you know, I love, I love it in theory. I think like, again, like who, who couldn't use a little more positivity in their life. And definitely when you give and receive a hug, like it does change your brain chemistry, like something happens. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. But part of me is like, do you have a separate agenda here? Like what's, uh, are you going to try to sell me something or get me to commit to some involvement in an organization, which is like, I mean, terrible to be skeptical. My, like I that. mean, yeah, no, my inclination, I think for the, for the most part at the, at the very beginning would be, are you fucking with me? Right. Like that would be, yeah. Like if somebody just randomly complimented the shirt that I was wearing, I'd be like, are you, why are you fucking with me? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what that, I don't know what that says about me or society, but <laughs> I think it just yeah, I think it just says that we are uh we're cynical old bastards yeah. who can't take a compliment for a compliment. Can't. No. Let's waste no more time and just get right into my interview with Paul Sullivan from the Company of Dads. Paul Sullivan is an author, a journalist, and the founder of a community called The Company of Dads, which aims to shred stereotypes about fathers who are the lead caretakers of their family and provide them a space to connect with other dads who also take on that role. Uh, Paul himself is a dad of three girls. And Paul, I'm excited to talk about all of that with you. So thanks for making time to join me on Modern Dadhood. Hey, Adam, thanks for asking me to join you. This is going to be great. So we usually like to start out by asking people about your family. So how's your your fatherhood experience going with uh, with your wife and three girls? Winning. Uh, every day I'm winning uh, easy. Uh, now, my girls are 6, 11, and 14. Um, and when I left the New York Times, uh, I wrote this piece that said at that point I had uh, three daughters, three dogs, three cats, three fish, and at the time, three white cars and fortunately uh one wife uh subsequently uh we're down to two cars uh we had to get rid of the cats because uh my youngest daughter's horribly allergic and we found that out Mm. kind of suddenly and i'm not quite sure how many fish we have because uh it's somebody's job to clean the tank but 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 not mine but uh (laughs) yeah three girls 6 11 and 14. So I would love for you to maybe give me a little bit of context, a little bit of a backstory about how you sort of shifted from journalism to starting the company of dads. What inspired this uh, this career shift? Uh, I mean, the, the, the short answer is a lack of resources during covid. The slightly longer answer is in 2007, uh, I got married. Uh, in 2008, I created a column, business column at, at The New York Times, and that was my dream. 
Like uh, I'd always wanted to write for the New York Times and there I was doing it and it started to go really well. 2009, first daughter's born, 2010, my first book comes out and that does pretty well. So I'm like, wow, this is, yeah, I got two things going well, giving some talks, I really like this. 2012, my second daughter is born, like life is great. And then in 2013, my wife says, uh, I think I want to start my own business. And I say, you 100% should do that because my career, like this is the life that I dreamt of having when I was a kid growing up in Western Massachusetts. And I can't believe it's actually happening. And she said, I'm going to go tell my boss tomorrow that I'm going to leave in three months and start my own business. And I said, Laura, I'm a New York Times columnist. I can't tell you to lie, but please, please, please don't do this. And she's, no, 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 no. I was like, it will not go well. It will not go well. And my wife works in asset management, financial services, and, and she doesn't listen. And she goes and she talks to him and he has the exact horrible reaction that I imagined him having. Yeah. And the next day she goes to log on to her computer. And of course she's, she's cut out of the computer. There's an email from an attorney and, and she says, you know, what are we going to do? And I said, well, um, instead of waiting three months, uh, how about you start your firm today? And, and we had a laugh about it and she said, okay, but what are we going to do about the kids? And I, I thought for a second, I said, I'll become the lead dad. And she says, what does that mean? And I said, I have no idea, but is this really a time to panic? But what it meant was I was at a point in my career where I mean, I always think it's arrogant when people say I can own all my time. I think that's sure. impossible. But I could plan an awful lot of my week ahead. You know, a column is due the same day every single week. I've worked on some of the special sections at the New York Times, planned out months in advance. Books take two years to write. Nobody ever calls you up and says, hey, can you get to Vegas tomorrow? We need you to give a keynote talk. Those things are planned out, you know, four, five, six months in advance. And so I could really step up. But, you know, pre-COVID, this, this time from, you know, 2013 to 2020, it wasn't like I was going around my town in Connecticut saying, hey, Paul Sullivan, lead dad. It was Paul Sullivan, New York Times columnist. And, and I, I, you know, where I live, most of the caregiving is done by women or paid caregivers. And quite honestly, and I'm obviously disappointed in myself for this, I didn't really feel comfortable, you know, putting my hand up as, as the lead dad, at least, at least publicly. And all kinds of funny stories ensued. I can talk about that later, but you know, come COVID and we're all inside. Fortunately, we had jobs where we could be inside Mm -hmm. and it was lonely. And I was like, I didn't find resources for a guy like me. And then I got kind of frustrated. I mean, tons of stuff for moms, most things online that say parents really for moms, anything for dads. It was sort of dads in some sort of distress. They'd just gotten divorced. Um, they drank too much. Uh, they'd been in prison and, and we're trying to reintegrate into the community. All like super important things. I'm glad they all existed, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I'm a degenerate golfer And I knew that, you know, there are scores and scores and scores of communities for degenerate golfers to talk about all kinds of nerdy golf things. But as I say, like golf is fun. It's not important. Fatherhood can be fun, but it's super important. And why wasn't there anything out there? And so the next step was I kind of figured out how many lead dads are there in the United States. And that was easy to figure out because the U.S. Census keeps data, Bureau of Labor Statistics keeps data. And there are 25 million men in the U.S. who are lead dads or could be lead dads. It's being driven by guys in their 20s and 30s. And they're thinking fundamentally differently about fatherhood. The second thing I did was I'm going to go talk to senior female executives and ask them, what do you think about this idea? And I got one of three responses. Yes, my husband is a lead dad. I wish this that term existed before. He's been awesome. Um, he's helped me in my career. He's been great with the kids. He's had his own career, but he's always felt kind of marginalized or isolated. Second response was, man, I love my husband, but he doesn't do shit at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lead dad boot camp because I don't want to end up getting divorced and I don't even know what he does. The third response was, I've been wildly successful. Uh, I've done quite well financially and I'm able to uh, pay to outsource a lot of the care, but my husband and I got divorced X number of years ago because he never got comfortable 
uh, with me being the higher earner or he never got comfortable doing more of the care work at home. He never really pitched in. And so those three things really resonated until I had this conversation with this woman who said, you know, this isn't a book. That's what you New York Times guys think about. You're going to write another book and you go sit on NPR. And I was like, what's wrong with books? What's wrong with NPR? Like, I love both of those things. Those, those things are great. Like, what am I missing here? And she says, no, it's, you know, summer of 21. It says, your moment is now. This is a media company and a community platform. And after having that conversation, I knew that there had to be a workplace education component because I'd given enough keynote talks to know that, you know, companies want to do the right thing. They're trying to do the right thing. But if they do the right thing on the first try, that was just dumb luck. Companies screw this stuff up all the time. So how could we help them change the dynamic? And if we can change the dynamic, it's good for dads to be lead dads at work, but it's also really good for working moms because now they have an ally and it's good for all people who are, are caregivers because the managers have to start to rethink the policies that they have. And, and as I say, make these small changes that will have a big impact. And so we launched in February 22 um, and here we are more or less cruising along. Well, congratulations. I mean, what a, what a huge accomplishment. And it's, uh, I always find it interesting when um, life sort of just pushes you into a, a decision that maybe you, if, if you had the benefit of time to really consider it, you know, you might overthink it and not do it at all, but you just kind of get pushed into it. And, and here we are. So you continue to use the phrase lead dad. And I want to be clear, and, and I know this just from spending some time on your website and on your social platforms, we're not talking about somebody who's a full-time stay-at-home dad. We're talking about somebody who takes on that leadership role of, um, well, why don't I actually turn it over to you and have you define what a lead dad is yeah. so that I, I don't um, embarrass myself by no, no. by butchering it with my interpretation. <laughs> yeah, a, a lead dad is the go-to parent. And, and we were very you know, particular about that whole phrase. A lead dad is the go-to parent. He's not the primary parent, because if you have a primary parent, then by default, you have to have a secondary parent. Right. And then we say he can work full-time, part-time, or devote all of his time to his family. And that last part, devoting all of his time to his family, is what other people might call a stay-at-home dad. Right. We don't ever use that phrase, um, not because we have anything against stay-at-home dads, but because we don't think it's very accurate. We also don't think stay-at-home moms exist. People who are full-time caregivers are caring for their children, and rarely are they sitting uh, at home. They're doing all the kind of things to, to manage the house, to manage the kids. But the reality is there are only about 2 million men uh, in the United States who are lead dads who devote all their time um, to their their families. Uh, there's you know far more who are you know working full time or part time. And then the second component of that is we say in many cases, lead dads are supporting their wife or partner in their career. And we say in many cases because we know that 18% of fathers in the United States are divorced, widowed, or otherwise single. So they are lead dads, um, maybe 50% of the time, maybe 100% of the time. But that's their home life. They can still also be lead dads in the workplace where they can be be allies to to working moms. And you talk on your website about how without a community and without resources to support them, lead dads can sort of tend to feel uh, isolated or embarrassed or ashamed about this role, you know, and I would imagine maybe for better or worse, you know, emasculated maybe mm -hmm, if, sure. if their wife is the top earner in their family. What I appreciate about what you're doing is that you're trying to, to shed those uh, stereotypes of the sort of the traditional male and female mother, mother and father role. I think that that is really important and, and really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, what we're trying to do is we're trying to normalize this role for men. We're trying to normalize that men can be lead dads, but the ultimate goal is to help the family fulfill its full potential. 
this is all about the whole family union uh, unit, but, but you're hundred percent right there. There is this link in the United States between masculinity and money. The terms that we use to talk about men who are caregivers are emasculating. They're, they're Mr. Mom, they're a house husband, or somebody will say you're retired. And so we were very intentional in using that phrase, you know, lead dad. And also like, if we, you know, those of us, whether or not we have sons or daughters, if we really want to move to a society that's more equitable, we need to have men step up and be there as allies of women in, in the workplace. And what's, you know, people say, okay, well, what does that mean? What's, well, an obvious thing that men can do is they can take their full parental leave because that sets an example that, you know, men are going to be as involved in parenting as, as, as women. And it's super important because otherwise we know this from the research there's a stigma of women who have kids. Women sometimes fall behind when they take uh, extended leave. But if you normalize it and you equalize it so that men have to do the same thing, um, it changes the dynamic in the workplace, but it's also changing it um, at home as well. Well, I know that when I had my two daughters, actually I, I was running my own small business at that time. And it were, there were five or six of us. And this was now uh, almost like I said, almost 10 years ago and almost seven years ago or when, when my two daughters were born. And at that time, all of the people who I was working with were having kids and myself and my former partner who also, he and his wife were having kids. I believe we took two, maybe three weeks off when our kids were born and our wives, you know, depending on their jobs, their careers, the companies they worked for, um, had varying degrees of longer maternity leaves, uh, still nothing compared to, uh, you know, other places in the world in Europe where, where they have much longer leaves, which I think is amazing and important, but a separate conversation. But where I'm going with this is we allowed ourselves as small business owners, two to three weeks of paternity leave but I think we've come such a long way in just the last 10 years where a lot of organizations now are offering much more generous paternity leaves. Can you talk about a little bit what you're seeing in the way of yeah. that trend? I mean, first of all, don't beat yourself up because, uh, you know, Kristen Shockley, who used to be at uh, Georgia, she's now at Auburn. Uh, she's a professor in the physical at Auburn, did some research and she found that the average uh paternity leave, parental leave that a man took the average one day. So oh if that's gosh. the average you at two to three weeks, you're blowing, you're blowing that thing <laughs> out of the water. Um, but what we know from Misha, we know Boston college, uh, the business school there, they have a center on work and life and they are funded by a whole bunch of big companies. They're sort of the AT&Ts of the world. And 10 years ago, they floated the idea of these big companies giving expanded parental leave to, to men and the companies did, but you know, later on, I won't name the company, but an executive at one of these companies, not AT&T, since I already named AT&T, an executive, one of these companies went to the guy who was running, uh, the center of the Carroll business school. And he said, you know, this has worked out really well, but we didn't think this would happen. And the guy says, what do you mean? He says, well, we thought we'd just give guys uh, parental leave and they wouldn't take it. So we'd look good and we, we'd have, you know, six weeks, eight weeks, 10 weeks, you know, and then we take it. And what we found was they started to take it. And then at first we panicked and then we stepped back and said, wait a second, they're taking it. They're coming back happier. They're coming back more engaged. This has shifted the dynamic with the working moms in the workforce. Maybe it's a good thing. And here's the kicker. And here's what the smartest companies have realized 
you're not really giving, it's not like you're giving a gift to somebody to go off on parental leave. You're not giving them a gift to spend time with their kids. What you're actually doing is you're retaining them. And one of the biggest costs that companies have today is replacing employees who leave. And now that we've gone through COVID, now that people, you know, remote work, fully remote isn't here to stay, but, but this hybrid model, if you're not allowing people uh, to work in a hybrid way, if you're not trusting people to get their work done, they're going to leave. And so what these big companies found was that parental leave for both men and women was a retention bonus. And they found this out before COVID. And so they kept doing it. And so, again, I always point out, they're not doing it because they're generous philanthropic companies. They're doing it because there's a bottom line reason that they can uh, retain employees. Now, you know, one other thing I'll add to this, the reality is if you have a manager uh, in his fifties or sixties, and you know, you're about to go out on your first parental leave and your man and, and this manager turns to you and says, yeah, you know, when I had kids, I missed a lot. I missed everything, man. I was working. I was at the office. I was traveling. Oh, traveling so much. And what comes across in that tone of voice, which is almost boastful instead of remorseful, mm-hmm that sets the wrong precedent. That gives mm-hmm. the message to that person like, holy shit, can I, should I take this? Can I take the full amount? This is going to jeopardize my career. And so we need to retrain the managers to think like, this is a net benefit for the company's bottom line and keep your nonsense, you know, comments to yourself because they're not going to be helpful. I know that the company of dads has, you've got a, you've got a lot of uh, great videos, a library of videos on your YouTube channel. You've got your podcast, which is a great resource. And I recommend that parents listening subscribe to that. I saw a, a, a video and this is what inspired me to reach out to you. I saw a video that was, uh, I believe a news story about this community event, this ongoing event where a group of dads was going to, uh, a school, a public school early morning and just greeting kids as they came into school. Can you tell me about how that came about and, and other types of community events that might be appealing to dad's listening. Yeah, we, we've tried all kinds of different things. We're only, you know, a couple of years old. So we tried all kinds of different things. And, you know, obviously kids are a huge part of being a dad. You can't be a dad without a kid. But, you know, we don't sort of, we're really focused on on the dads and the family and what they can do. So right now events that we do, like for example, um, we do a monthly meetup. Now we've tried all kinds of different forms of this. We've tried it in person, we've tried to do this. And the monthly meetup, we limit it to 15 people and they come from all over the place and each one has a theme. So we're talking, I don't know when this will air, but we're talking the month of December. Uh, A week ago, we did one called Father's Festivus. And for those of us out there who remember Seinfeld, um, the, the the holiday that they talked about in Seinfeld was, was Festivus. Mm-hmm. It's the holiday for the rest of us. And it's complete Seinfeld, you know, they had a, a Festivus poll, they had feats of strength, they had an airing of grievances. And I said, let's put this together. And we had a guy in our community um, named Bill Masters, who was one of the greatest, funniest Seinfeld writers of all time. And he happens to be a lead dad. And so he, <laughs> okay. he came on and his wife is Gail Berman, um, who's a wildly successful um, Hollywood producer. She ran Fox Studios. She ran Paramount. Um, she uh, produced the Elvis movie last year. She produced Wednesday on Netflix, if, if people saw that. And 
although he had this incredible career as a writer, not just for Seinfeld, a whole bunch of other very funny shows in the nineties, two thousands, two thousand tens, he was the lead dad. And so what this is all part of our goal is to sort of, you know, normalize this role. So bringing him into uh, an event, which he was thrilled to do, because of course everybody's gonna geek out on Seinfeld and who doesn't like people to geek out on something that, that you did and that you're proud of. But he showed that, you know, this is a role that um that's, that's honorable, that's good, that you can you be a lead dad and still have a fulfilling career. Another person we partner with is, a, um, I don't want to make him, I'm not a political guy, but sports can sometimes be political. Uh, he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, if we have any New England Patriots fans, I know this could be very challenging. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but he, he won a Super Bowl back in 2017. Uh, he sacked some guy named Tom Brady, who had way better hair than me. Um, <laughs> and he is a single lead dad of, of two girls. And we brought him in because what is more masculine in the United States than a football player. There's no, nothing on TV beats the Super Bowl. Very few things on TV beat a regular NFL game. And so we wanted to bring in guys like, his name is Najee Good. We wanted to bring in guys like Najee Good, Super Bowl champion, to show like there is nothing feminine about being a lead dad, that this is, we're just men and we're in a role that is evolving and that's men as caregivers. And we don't have to fall into these tropes. You'd mentioned it early on about, you know, being the breadwinner, about money and masculinity. And so these are these small events are trying to, you know, shift the narrative. What do we do with all the other stuff? That's all about, you know, normalizing it, bringing people into the community, giving them resources through the podcast, giving them resources through our lead dad library, anything we can do to make men feel, feel more connected while at the same time doing the stuff on, on the corporate side. When I was doing some research on the organization, I was thinking to myself, am I a lead dad? And sort of reflecting on my relationship with my wife, um, how we parent our children. And I feel like we do a pretty good job of balancing responsibilities uh, pertaining to our kids. So I think we both have our strengths, um, but we're both uh, emotionally available. I feel like we balance each other pretty well. Um, we both have full-time jobs and uh, have the benefit of some flexibility. So we're home some days, we're in the office some days, but, you know, but we're getting our kid, both getting our kids off the bus, getting them um, onto the bus. We have a routine that works. And so as much as I feel like I am very involved, very committed, taking on the label of a lead dad almost feels like it discredits what my wife is bringing to the partnership. And so what would you say to dads listening who might be in a similar situation? Anybody who's asking himself, am I a lead dad is a lead dad because you're introspective enough to figure this out. And anybody who's saying, okay, does this mean I have to do like 51% of the stuff or like 57% or what if I dip down someplace? It's really stepping up and being a present parent and being deeply involved. Does it mean that sometimes your, your, your wife is taking on the mantle of lead mom and she's doing more than you? Surely, but you, you know what's going on and you can be the go-to parent. You could step in at any moment. So even by dint of you asking yourself that question, you're a lead dad. What I love is when I talk to some guy in his you know, 60s or 70s who is absolutely not, and he starts to ponder, and he says, huh, <clears throat> I wonder if I was. And I'll lean in. It's like, no, man, you weren't. 
you weren't there. And, you know, I try to make him feel guilty. I try to make him feel a little worse about himself because he's an ultimate decider in, in, in the workplace. We talk about, you know, the, the joke that when you become a parent, it's, it's 18 to life. We don't say that, you know, you don't sort of opt in and you have to be a lead dad uh, forever. Your, your careers may be in flux. They, they, they may change. It may be a, a moment where, you know, your career is, is demanding more of you and your wife's uh, career is demanding less. And she becomes, you know, the, the lead parent there. She becomes the lead mom. That's okay. It's more, you know, getting this 25, these 25 million men in America, a third of all fathers, more about getting them thinking the way you're thinking, getting them feel empowered and helping us, you know, normalize this role of men really stepping up and knowing what's going on, not having to be order takers from their, their spouse or partner to go do this, go do this, knowing, you know, what it takes to be uh, a super involved parent on a day-to-day basis. So what I'm hearing you say is it it's not about reversing necessarily the stereotypical roles where I'm giving my wife all of the space and support that she needs to build her career while I'm taking on all of the responsibilities pertaining to our kids. It's really just bucking that stereotype of that the the father is the one who's building his career and he's the one that comes home and expects to have dinner on the table and expects that his partner is going to be taking care of everything to do with the kids and their emotional needs and the logistics of getting them around to all their different things and making sure that they have what they need for school. It's, it's focusing on bringing balance, if not, if not a little bit more skewed to the father being the one that handles these responsibilities. Is that, yeah, it's also about, it's also about giving dads a place where they can talk about being dads. You know, uh, before starting the company, dads, I could never imagine, you know, finishing around a golf, sitting around with my friends, uh, having a sandwich, uh, ordering a beer, and as they're all scrolling their phones for work stuff, or as or they're all like bitching about their wives doing this, I can't ever imagine looking down at my phone back then and saying, "Oh my god, do you guys have any idea?" what it's like to get a five-year-old into ballet in this town. <laughs> they would look at me and be like, Sullivan, what are you doing, man? Did you do some gummies out there on the course? You're not making any sense at all. And I'd be like, no, man, I'm a lead dad. And I want, you know, those conversations to be, you know, and one of my, the things that's the most rewarding for me is a whole bunch of guys around the towns, in the towns around where I live, they've started to reach out to me. And these are guys that I've known for years and I never knew they were lead dads, nor did they know that I was a lead dad because it wasn't something they would talk about when it comes to, you know, the other part of your question. And that's, you know, these traditional roles. I mean, one of the exercises we do, and, and again, mostly on the education side, we're, we're B2B, we're focused on companies, but every so often when we're doing something with, with couples, we have them do this very simple test uh, around sort of, you know, everybody writing down what they, they do and what they think their partner does. So wife writes down all the things she does, uh, then writes down all the things her husband does, and then vice versa. Husband and wife writes down all the things he does. Things, And it's always eye-opening. It's always eye-opening because they're both wrong and they're always wrong. And what we say is that, you know, resentment doesn't spring fully formed in a relationship. Most of us meet people that we love. If we love them enough, we decide to have uh, children with them. No, none of us want to, I don't know, maybe some people do, but most of us aren't going to go out and look for a sociopath who's going to sit around, and do nothing and make us miserable in our life. Maybe, but uh, maybe there's some, some forum online that I'm missing, but I don't think most of us want to marry a sociopath. Most of us marry good people. And then because of a lack of communication, 
we don't have these ongoing conversations about who's doing what, what needs to get done, what's the role. And that's why I say, you know, resentment builds up and resentment is like dust under your couch. You don't know that there's all that dust under your couch unless A, you buy a new couch or B, you move. We would like to keep uh, relationships together. We would not like you to uh, move your uh, spouse out. We would not like you to buy a new spouse. We would like you to keep that couch and every so often um, go under and clean it. But it all starts with these these conversations and feeling that we can do this and feeling that it can be normalized. And, you know, I've, I've become very good friends with Eve Rodsky who wrote, who wrote a book called Fair Play. She's really remarkable about, you know, what she talks about mental load and, you know, how do men take on some of that mental load so that if you know, mom goes out, she's not saying, okay, uh, I'm going out for three hours. Uh, here are the following seven things that you need to make sure you do. No, you just do it because you're a lead dad and you're a super involved parent and you know um, how to be with your children. You know how to be in the house and you know that, you know, every three and a half hours, a dog needs to go outside. I love that. I love that. And I think um, I was sort of chuckling to myself when you were talking about you know, after your round of golf, uh, how, how awkward it would be sitting around and, and bringing up, you know, getting your, your kids into a, a dance class or, or whatever it is, because that is my life. Those are the conversations that I'm, I'm having all the time. And honestly, you know, Mark uh, and I were friends before starting the podcast and before we had kids and we made each other laugh a lot then and always had great uh, chats when we were hanging out. But when we both started having kids, our conversations really shifted to that. And that and that's sort of the um, that was sort of the inspiration for our podcast is let's bring other people in who are present and mindful and uh, dads who want to play that role and are proud of it and excited about it. And let's all talk about it. The, the, the good stuff, the hard stuff, all of it. Um, it seems like there is there is some crossover in that theme between our podcast and your organization. I'm really excited to spend more time uh, watching your videos and, and learning about it. Um, I would encourage dads listening to go to thecompanyofdads.com, subscribe to the Company of Dads podcast. I would imagine you can find that anywhere where you can find Modern Dadhood, but we'll be sure to leave links in the show notes. There's also there's a YouTube channel. The Company of Dads is uh, all over social media. Again, we'll link to those platforms. Um, Paul, any other uh, places where people can find you or ways that they can engage with you? Uh, hey, look, I, I appreciate you saying all those things, Adam. It's been wonderful. I, we, we say that the one-stop shop for all of this is our newsletter called The Dad. And you sign up for that at thecompanyofdads.com backslash The Dad. comes out just once a week and it collects, you know, maybe 70 or 80% of what we're doing as sort of a, a great primer into what it means to be a lead dad and be, be part of this community. Well, thanks, Paul. This uh, It's been a total joy talking to you. I'm excited about your organization. Thanks for all you're doing. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch. Uh, absolutely, Adam. And this is a joy talking to you. So thank you for having me on Modern Dadhood. Here's the portion of the episode where we do a recurring segment. Oh, <laughs> do you have something in mind here? I, I don't, but I know that in your notes app, there's something there that you haven't dropped on us yet. There's some, just, just did I just say that out loud? There's some, so that's a thing now. I have a, did I just say that out loud? Oh, hell yeah. Let's have right it. There. Oh, right wait there. Wait a minute. You have a what? Did I just say that out loud? Which is in my phone under D-I-J-S-T-O-L. Uh, <clears throat> this one was from, oh, I wish I dated these. 
Uh, this was only a few weeks ago, but um, this was at bedtime. Okay. And this was late into the bedtime routine. Lights were out. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was supposed to be exiting the room. Lanterns on? <laughs> lanterns, lanterns burning. <laughs> uh, and I said, I'll do the voice as well. I said, dude, I don't know if bugs have eyelids. Is that something I can look into later? <laughs> it probably warrants can... no explanation, right? It just is. Yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's the only thing that it could be. Yeah. But I sort of responded a little bit, maybe too much, like I was talking to a coworker mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. you know? The night leading up to that was cute. We were reading a we were reading a book about fish, and it was just in one of my son's brains as we were trying to get quiet and go to sleep. Yeah, and but that's when his brain just starts like firing, and it's just question after question after question after question. So it started with fish and their eyelids, and if they can't close their eyes, then how do they go to sleep? And then it just spiraled from there. It's true. It is a great question. My girls actually just got some new beta fish. And mm. when they're sleeping, they just kind of hover there towards the bottom of the tank. with Their little yeah. circle eyes wide yeah. open. I mean, that's also how I sleep. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I just hover. I just hover like just just on the on the floor just next to the bed. With just eyes, just you look wide like the open. remember the Momo challenge, <laughs> the Momo challenge. Oh God, man! Oh yeah, that really creepy uh-huh. character with the big wide with open eyes beak. and the weird mouth. Yeah, and the and the stringy black hair, terrifying, terrifying. Well, there you go. Thank there you, you go, for man. sharing that. Yeah, straight from the notes app. When we close out the episode, let's do it. Ready? Yeah. Who who first? Rock, paper, scissors? Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors. Shoot. <laughs> Hold on. The timing was really bad. Let's try it one last time. Ready? And Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors. scissors. Shoot. Shoot. <laughs> We're both, both papered. Paper. Both paper. Come on. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. A paper again. Hell yeah. All right. Scissors for the win. I guess that means that I kick it off. All right. Well, anyway, if anyone's actually still listening at this point, thank you for listening to uh, Modern Dadhood. And uh, again, you know, please consider leaving like a little quick rating or a review wherever you listen to uh, your podcast. May it be Apple Podcasts, maybe Amazon, maybe Spotify, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen, leave us a rating and review. Also, don't forget... It would make our hearts go pitter-patter if you if you t- tell a friend about the show. Uh, let's see, what else? You can find us out there on the interwebs at moderndadhood.com. All of our episodes are there. We've got a little video there. You can check out our faces. You can uh, search for any episode. We've got a lot of guests. They've had over 90 episodes, man. You know, we're getting close to 100. We should do something special. We're also uh, on all the, some of the social media. We're on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and TikTok. Just search Modern Dadhood wherever. We'll also include links in our show notes. On our website, Mark should have said that you can sign up for yeah. our email list or you can fill out a form to contact us. Just tell us what's up. 
Also on our website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can purchase a modern dad hoodie. Yeah. Or a t-shirt. Yeah. Lots of sizes available. Every order ships with a free sticker for your laptop. Thank you to Casper Baby Pants and Spencer Albee for the music in the podcast. Thanks so much, as always, to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for mixing the show, making us sound great. Check him out. His uh, audio post-production services and music composing services at redvaultaudio.com. Thank you to Paul Sullivan from the Company of Dads for being a great guest. And uh, what's that last one that you always do? And thank you for listening.